Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Let's pray. Let's get into the Word today. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word in Jesus' mighty name. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Alright, so we started the conversation last Sunday about this theme that all will be saved. And a major text that we've been exploring is 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3 to 4. He says, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires, who desires, First Timothy, am I? First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3 to 4, for this is good, praise God, and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So God has one aim. God has one desire. That all men be saved. How many men? All. Can I hear that a bit louder? How many men? All. all men. Who is in that projector? Don't experiment when I'm teaching. Alright? Okay. The desire is that all men be saved. Okay? And to come to the knowledge of the Son of God. To come to the knowledge of the Son of God. Now, it's very important that the first thing is this is God's desire. Every man be saved and to come to the knowledge of the Son of God. So we established the salvation of all men last Sunday. Why the good news needs to be preached. Now the second step is that all will come to the knowledge of the truth. So we're going to establish that. But I want to show you something. If you go to Acts chapter 9 verse 17. In Acts chapter 9 and verse 17. Um, this is the story of Saul when he became born again. Acts nine seventeen, It says, So Ananias departed and entered the house. And after laying his hands on him said, Brother Saul. The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you are coming, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I talked about when we see people who are wicked, bad people, when they get born again. You know, some of us really do not want those people to get born again. We want them to die. Right? Come on. I know they are not in this church, but on behalf of them, how many of you understand? Saying, you don't really want you really want them to die so that they will know that you are serving a living God, right? But can you imagine Saul, who persecuted the church, who killed people, just got born again? What did Ananias call him? That's what I want you to pay attention to. Ananias called him what? Brother Saul, the most wicked man on earth. If he gets born again today, his sins has been forgiven and forgotten. He is now your brother. I know you feel bad, but you are not God. Do you understand what I'm saying? This inherent desire for wicked people to perish is not godly. 
it is not the gospel. He calls him brother Saul. Brother Saul. Brother Saul. <laughs> when Saul was reporting this in Acts 22.13, he gave the same report. Acts 22.13. Interesting. Acts 22.13. Hmm? And says, and came to me and standing near said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very time, I looked up at him. Came to me. So Paul recognized that he called him brother. Okay. The thief on the cross. Luke 23. You know, I've told you before. (laughs) Okay. We say the cross is the symbol of Christianity. Okay. We can agree. But... Um, it's the resurrection that's a symbol of Christianity. Okay? It's the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Alright? Because the cross, as I've explained to, to, to you many times here, was a method of killing terrible criminals. What's the method of criminals, criminals killed in this country? I'm not sure they are, but... They are not. They are not. Can't remember when last someone was killed for committing a crime, but they end up as governors, huh? <laughs> presidents. All right, but hardened criminals, how are they killed in our country? How should they be? How are they supposed to be killed in in where things are working? Firing squad. Okay. So that was this. That was the same way Jesus was killed. So when you do this, you are not praying. Did you hear me? When you father, 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 you are not praying. Because if Jesus were to die today, you would not do like this. <laughs> do you understand? Like this is not prayer. Jesus died on the cross. It's a method of death. Because it was not only Jesus. It was not only Jesus who died on the cross. There were three people who died that day on the cross. So when you do this one, you will know which one you are talking about. Because there was one thief here. There was one thief here, and there was another thief here. So you are like, it's the center one, sir. So that your prayers will not go to... Okay. <laughs> do you understand that? You know, you grew up like that, but it's not correct. It's a method of death. If Jesus had not risen, there would be no Christianity. So the death of Jesus is not the symbol of Christianity. It's the resurrection of Jesus. And you know you cannot pray like this. Do you understand? Okay. Alright, so Acts, Luke 23, 44. And you know, we just grew up with these things and then we put faith in things that are ineffectual. Alright? And it, it can become very religious. So that's why it's important that you understand scripture. So Luke 23, 43. It says, and he said to him, the thief, right? You know, one of the thief was saying, oh, if you are the son of God, save yourself. One says, you know, and he says to him, truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. Can you see God's desire? Even, this is where I want to pick to in the scripture. Even at the point of death, and somebody exercised faith in Jesus, Jesus ensured that the assurance of his salvation was given. 
He didn't say, you know, don't you say I'm dying? It is out of my friend, go. No. You see, why am I saying this? Sometimes because we are inconvenienced, we postpone the salvation of people. So you are too much in a hurry, you cannot preach. And then you come back and realize that person had gone home to be with the Lord. Why? Because you put your personal comfort above the gospel. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, you cannot be hurrying anywhere at the expense of people's souls. And this is also to tell you that, you see, once a man exercises faith in Christ, he is born again. He is saved. That's how easy it is to be born again. Alright. Okay, so we, we have our scripture, right? God desires that all men be saved and do what? And to come to the knowledge of what? The truth. Knowledge of what? Are you there? Okay. To come to the knowledge of the truth. Alright. Now, it says to come to the knowledge of the truth. To come to the knowledge of the truth. The would be what? A specific body of truth, right? Am I right? Okay. We'll come to the knowledge of the truth. First Timothy 2.4 Who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Pay attention. The truth. Not to come to the knowledge of truths. To come to the knowledge of the truth. Now if it is the truth, it means it's a singular truth. Do we agree? Because of the definite article D. Alright. So it means that there is a particular truth that God wants those who are saved to come into. Are we together? So we have to look for what is this truth. Okay. Alright. So the goal of God is not ambiguous. They are clear and very specific. He wants men to come to the knowledge of the truth. Which means there is one curriculum or one body of truth. This caters for discipleship. So after salvation, there's need for maturity. And this is where sometimes we miss it in the Christian faith. Okay? So we rather people are babies. Alright? So I'm going to explain what this truth is. But let's go to Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. I'll just show you something there. Acts chapter 2, verse 37 to 42. Okay, so Act chapter 2, you know Act chapter 2, you know the Holy Ghost came and all that and Peter was preaching. Verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. And with many words, he solemnly testified and kept on exalting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. So then, look at this, those who had received his word were baptized. Now, when he said, pay attention, when he said those who had received his word were baptized, received his word were baptized, come back, come back to verse 38. Okay, come back to verse 38. Peter said, when they said verse 37, what shall we do? Peter said, repent and each of you will be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So he says, repent and each of you will be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Verse verse 41 now says, those who have received this word were baptized. Now, if he says, repent and be baptized, it means that when he says in verse 41, those who have received his words were baptized, it means they repented. 
Right? Because baptism was after repentance, after receiving his word. Do you understand that? Now, I don't have time, and I taught it in the salvation class this morning. There was a specific body of message required for salvation. Peter did not say, if you were going through problem, come, my Lord is a miracle worker. That's not the gospel. You are believing God for a husband. We have a God who dashes men. That's not the gospel. The gospel is not a solution to your problem. The gospel is the fact that all men sinned and they need a savior. I'll repeat it again. The gospel is that all have sinned and that they require what? A savior. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Because the gospel must apply to all men. The gospel cannot apply to the poor and not to the rich. Every man needs salvation, whether they are rich or poor, whether they have problems or they don't have problems. Uh, Do you understand what I'm saying? But let me go on. So then, those who had received his word, what were his word? His words were preaching from Acts chapter 2, verse 14, up until verse 36. That was the gospel Peter preached. So those who had received this word were baptized, and that day were added about 3,000 souls. So 3,000 souls came into Christ, came into the church that day. Verse 42. Then they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. Did you see that now? That all men be saved and what? Come to the knowledge of the truth. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So the immediate thing people did after salvation was devotion to teaching or receiving teaching. Now, of course, the apostles' doctrine would be something that Jesus taught them. Let's go to um, John chapter 3 and verse 1 to 10. John chapter 3 and um, verse 1. Okay? Why should people come to the knowledge of the truth? You know, because sometimes I've heard people say, well, I mean, and there can be two ways to this. You know, sometimes people say, well, it's not just about people leaving other churches to join your church. It's not, that's not populating the kingdom. That's one thing. That, that is not necessarily populating the kingdom, but that's also making sure that people don't remain babies. Because the goal of God is not just so you can make heaven. God is not into a census figures thing, right? So that on the last day, he's standing. You know how your, this thing is, and they are transmitting figures. You know, and God, you know, we have that concept of God and Satan. You know, so Satan is standing there, and God is standing here. So how many you get now? Say 42. Say, you check. Say, are you in heaven? 52. They are, they are checking results. And then, you know, you are just behind God saying, go God, go God, go God. You know, that's not the concept. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. You know, we have that, but that's not it. It's not about, because an Im- Permit my use of words, okay? But an immature Christian does God no good. I'll repeat it again. An immature Christian does God no good. He's saved, he's born again, but God can't use him for anything because he's carnal. He doesn't get anybody born again. He's not matured. He's always having envy, malice, jealous, bitterness, quarreling everywhere, and every time they are settling them, it's like Paul writing to the saints and he says, please tell Sintiki and Uda to settle their differences. How do you appear in the Bible for those two things? What were they quarreling over? Space that they should use to reach more people. They are using it to beg you to serve God. 
And why were you angry? You were coming, they say you should park here. Uh, if they want you to park here, you should park here. They should be telling you, you are not a small child. Parking, to park. It's not why you stopped church for one month. They didn't ask you, sister, don't worry. If they have not given you free, anywhere you want to park, oh, please park. And then you feel that, you say, I just speak my mind. It is, that mind is not renewed. It's carnal, it's childish, it's immature. So you really don't do any, you, you really do not do any good to the kingdom if you're not a matured Christian. Are, are you following this now? So at certain times, God will move you from certain churches and put you in certain churches for the purpose of maturity. Because when you are matured, then you can be of maximum use to the kingdom of God. So if we look at it that it's not just about God counting numbers to say, you know what, I got one billion saved and 300 went to hell. After all, we won 300 minus one billion. How many? You know, if, if, if you look at it from that perspective, then anybody can stay anywhere. But if you look at it from the perspective that the ultimate goal of God is that everybody comes to the knowledge of the truth, then sometimes God moves people into places where they should be established in the truth. Now, I'll give you a typical example. John chapter 3, and you know the story about Nicodemus. Okay? Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now, let me tell you something. Okay? Pray God helps me here. Let me tell you something. You could not be a Pharisee if you were not well learned in the law. To be a Pharisee wasn't just, I mean, you know, today is amazing. I, I see people... Um, I see people buy doctorate degrees, you know, and I'm wondering, why would you buy it? Alright? I mean, you're a doctor, you haven't written any journal, you haven't achieved anything, you, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know why people so sometimes can be in a hurry to get things that they don't deserve. You know, but if you were called a Pharisee, you couldn't buy it. You had to go through the rudiments, you had to go through the law, you had to be taught. So this was not just a, 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 an ordinary religious person. And he was a ruler of the Jews. Now go on. He says, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, do you know why he came to Jesus by night? How many of you think you know why? You know why he came to Jesus by night? Why do you think so? He won't be seen. Because they will, they will flog him. It was embarrassing. How do you go learn from this carpenter's child? What does he know that he wants to teach us? Now see, you see what Jesus told him. He says, Rabbi, we know <laughs> that you have come from God as a teacher. For no one can do these signs that, that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Look at where his brain was going. Ruler of the Jews. He looked, and you, you know, and you know, when Jesus was, when Jesus was telling him, he would have been, mm-hmm, I understand. And then the guy, not, oh, no, 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 hold on. How can this happen? Look at what Jesus said. And Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. If you are a diligent Bible student, you will observe Jesus said two things there. In verse 2, he says, cannot see. And verse 5, he says, cannot enter. Okay. 
6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, are you a teacher of Israel, and you do not understand these things? So Nicodemus was not just, he was a teacher of Israel, but he had no clue what salvation was all about. So you can be an elder in church and you don't have a clue about God. You can be a deacon and have no clue about the things of God. So your longevity in church is not equal to knowledge. It's just that you are a Christian that has spent a long time. It's not equal to knowledge. Ignorance is not cured by longevity. So you don't threaten people in church by when you got born again. Because you can be born again and you are a child. Why? Because you refuse to develop or to come to the knowledge. So God desires that people come to the knowledge of the truth. That's why Jesus spent time teaching. And teaching and teaching and instructing. And let me tell you something, right? We have been raised in a generation where if you show a little bit of seriousness about God, people will ask, are you a pastor? Because to them, everybody should be ignorant, only a pastor should know the Bible. And then we don't even have matters when we stand here and say, this is a mystery, you won't understand it, this is a mystery. You won't. That's why God called you to unravel the mystery. Paul says this mystery, which has been hidden in ages past, is now made known to you. Ephesians chapter 3, Paul says, when you read my letters of the mystery that you understand. Don't take pride in being an ignorant Christian. It doesn't help the kingdom. It's not the goal of God. God wants you matured. Now, and I said this to you, right? When Saul got born again, who did God send Saul to? We just read. Ananias. A certain disciple named Ananias. He was not an apostle. Let's go. Acts chapter 9. Show it again. Hmm? Are you, are you, are you here? Right. Be here. Put your mind here. Acts chapter 9. Come, come with me, come with me, come with me. Acts chapter 9. Go to verse, verse 17 we read, right? Verse, it, it, it actually starts from verse 10, right? Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in the vision of Ananias, and he said, here am I, Lord. And he said, get up, go to this street called Street, and inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for his praying, and he has seen in the vision a man named Ananias coming and lay his hands on his hand, on him, so that he might regain his hand. Ananias said, Lord, I've heard from from many about this man, how he harm, how much harm he did to, the, to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is, my, he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the genders and the kings and the sons of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias departed, entered the house, and after laying hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to you on the road by which you were coming, and sent me so you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately... There fell from his eyes something like scales, and he regained his sight, and he got baptized and took food that was threatened. God spoke to a disciple in church. He didn't speak to any of the apostles. Look at the clear communication between God and a disciple. Hey, disciple Ananias, I want you to go 
get this guy's eyes open. And Ananias said, Lord, no, I've heard a lot of things. And he says, no, I've called him. The guy walks into that house, precise word of knowledge, lays hands on Saul, and says, brother Saul, receive your sight. God could trust a certain disciple in that church to carry out that mission. It wasn't published in Jerusalem Herods. He didn't start Ananias Ministries International. Because it, it, it was normal. It wasn't a big deal. Right? I can give you another example. Right? Um, Priscilla and Aquila. Apollos came. The Bible says Apollos was a man mighty in word. But he was schooled only in the baptism of John. He was eloquent. And the guy was a guest preacher in a church. Came. The guy rattled. Taught. 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 <laughs> Priscilla and Aquila were just taking notes. Then they called him out and said, can we have lunch together? You know when you're a gospel speaker and they say, this couple wants to come and eat in their house. You are thinking on Aurelio. Alright? They gave him food. The man was eating. They said, that issue of John the Baptist, how, how far? And of course, you know, when you're a guest speaker, they ask you questions. You want to show that you are really a guest speaker. And the Bible says, they showed him more accurately the way of God. If you read further, Ananias did no longer preach the baptism of John. He started preaching about the baptism of Jesus Christ. A couple in church corrected the guest speaker. I'm not saying it's correct. (laughs) But I just want to show you that knowledge of Christianity is not vested in the pulpit. And this is not to breed arrogance. The work of a minister is to teach you to know what he knows. To come to his level so God can trust you with kingdom assignment. Are you you following this? Come on somebody. Are you following this? So that we come to the knowledge of the truth. The church is never, was never designed to be an entertainment center. Never. It was not designed to make you happy. The church by origin is designed to be a school. In fact, if you go and study, you know people say, let's go back to the days of Acts. Oh, the church of this day has back to the day. If we go back to that day, you will survive. They were going to church every day and hearing word every day. It's not this one you are skipping Wednesday and coming on Sunday and doing live streaming. School of Tyrannos for two years. They taught daily in the temple. And I've done the calculation most probably six hours every day for two years. The Bible says the whole of Asia heard the word of God. Diligent teaching. Not after 35 minutes, brain has gone off. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you see, the more we began to reduce teachings and discipleship in church, the more we began to breed shallow Christians. So you can just go to church and the preacher says, I see God turning things around. I, what is he turning? What is it? All this issue is money. It's poverty. Because the summary of all our preaching, I'm telling you the truth. If you are giving some money now, you will realize that it has solved all the problem. Because that turn around now is to buy a car, Abi. That is it now? What are we talking about? God wants to turn your life around. Where is he turning it to? This thing is poverty. And that's why you see that when you are rich, sometimes the gospel no longer appeals to you because you just realize that all your prayer points have been solved. And when you are poor, you are chasing after him. It's unfortunate that we reduce the work of the cross to cars, houses, and visas. You know we do miracle visas in church. Have you seen a mosque advertising miracle visa? Let's leave that. 
And you know why visa is a miracle? I'm asking you now. You know why visa is a miracle in Nigeria? Poverty. It's money again now. You understand that? First time I traveled to Uganda, they denied me visa. Because I was poor. Okay? But money started coming without prayer. I've gone to U.S. You see the issue now. So God didn't give you this book to get miracle visa. It's for the salvation of your soul. Are you hearing this? So are you established in the truth? In the truth. Okay. So what's this truth? What's this truth? Ephesians 4. Now follow me carefully. Somebody say, ah, are you not saying we should not pray for visa again? Pray. I'm not saying you should not pray. I'm just telling you you should know the purpose. Hmm? Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 11. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. I've taught on the biblical purpose of the fivefold. For the equipping. For the equipping. Why did he give this fivefold? What's the reason? Four. Four, right? Four would be the reason, right? If I say I'm giving you this car for. What, what am I telling you the purpose of the car is for? If I say I'm giving you this car you know, for this purpose. I'm giving you, I, there's a purpose already. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service. Now, if you use the King James Version, you will see that the comma is placed in two places, which actually, um, go, go back, go back. Go back, you put the end, okay, leave the New King James. Okay. <laughs> new King James, give me New King James again. Okay. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. That means an apostle, an evangelist, a prophet, a teacher, and a pastor ought to equip you. Who does the work of ministry from this verse? Everybody, who does the work of ministry? I didn't hear that. Only two people. Who does the work of ministry from here? The saints. So a pastor is not called to do the work of ministry. A pastor is called to equip the saints. Who now does the work of ministry? The saints. For what? For the edifying of the body of Christ. The word edifying in the Greek means the building up of the body of Christ. So who builds up the body of Christ? Not the pastor. The pastor equips the saints. And as the saints work, what happens? They build up the body of Christ. New American Standard Bible. The word ministry there is service because it's the Greek word diakonos. It means to serve. Okay? To the building up. Now. uh, How do I explain this now? Uh... Okay. Let me explain something, right? That's why I don't like being pressed for time when I'm teaching. Let me explain something. It says, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service. Go back to the New King James. I need to have a board. <laughs> okay. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, then command. Then it says, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So you have two for there, which really, if you use the New American Standard, Bible, they put the Greek word the way it should be. Now use the New American Standard Bible. Let me show you something here. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the intent that the body be built up. So, 
Fivefold is given, equipping the saints for the work of service. Now, this work of service or the work of ministry is with the intention that the body is built up. Is, is it clear? So, it's not like for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body. No, it is as the saints are doing the work of ministry that the body is edified. Is it clear? Okay, go to verse 13. Until we all, now we all will now include who now? The, the we all will include who now? The pastors and what? And the saints. Attain to the unity of what? The faith. Unity of faith is not that we are wearing the same uniform. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because a body of Christ should join themselves together. I can't join myself to Babalao because we want to um, show a unity. Unity is not, do you understand? Let me leave that. And of the what? The knowledge of what? So the curriculum is clear. Unity of faith, of the faith, is of the knowledge of the Son of God. So there is a knowledge. So let me give you an example. Pause here, I'll come back here quickly. Let me give you an example. Okay, so I was thinking of when I was preaching in Kenya, I was trying to get the name. But we all wrote Waek, <laughs> by God's grace. Okay, I'll repeat it again because I know some of you <laughs> did not write it. But we're assuming we all wrote Waek. Say amen with confidence. Now, if you wrote your amen for some bots, but your sins are forgiven. Now, when you write mathematics, for instance, right? Right? Mathematics, for instance. What's the most common topic in mathematics? Somebody help me. Fraction. Algebra. <laughs> See, that's why I don't like maths. You can't even give me an answer. What's the most common topic that everybody must understand if you're writing YEC? <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, mass, mass session have closed. Let's do English. We have closed math. English. What English with comprehension? Uh-huh. That's a, math. Ah, it is where we two people. Okay. Now you now okay. We all do comprehension, right? Now. Perfect. If you schooled in Ibadan, you schooled at Mina, you schooled in you know, Omok. <laughs> That's why you do the comprehension. One question is set for everybody. So if you now went to a school where the teacher said, you know, I don't, I don't just do comprehension. Comprehension is not my thing. Oga, it doesn't have to be your thing, but it is the thing. Because on that day of exam, nobody's asking you, so what was your thing? You see, when people raise churches based on their personal preference, that's what happens. You know, in this church, we are just into the prophetic. We don't do much teaching. We are not into doctrine. Mm -mm. It's not what you do. A prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, an apostle has the same curriculum because God is checking what knowledge these people are built up in. Why? Because, go on. To a mature man, which means it is only one body of knowledge that breeds maturity. What will that knowledge be? The knowledge of the Son. To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Okay, so I wish I had the board. So there's the fullness of Christ here. 
right? This is the end goal, the fullness of Christ. This is the start goal, right? You get born again. If you read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, it talks about coming into the one body, one faith, one baptism. Verse 7 says we have the same grace. So you start your journey. The goal is the fullness of Christ. Pay attention. Fullness of Christ. Knowledge of the Son of God. Who will the Son of God be there? Christ. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Okay. Knowledge of the Son of God will be what? Jesus Christ. Yeah? Okay. Son of God, sorry. Son of God will be who? Jesus is the Son of God now. He has another one. Okay. So, <laughs> knowledge of the Son of God will be Jesus Christ. To a mature man, Thelos, the Greek word, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of what? Christ. So, can we replace fullness of Christ with the Son of God? Would, would we be correct? Sure? Is everybody sure? Okay, so let's read it with, with, with the Son of God, right? So, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of what? Of the Son of God. Okay, so you start out here, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1, get born again and all that. You plug into a local church and they are teaching you. It means that the only thing that can bring us to the fullness of the Son of God is when you are taught the knowledge of the Son of God. So if you are not taught the knowledge of the Son of God, you cannot come into the fullness of the Son of God. But what God wants you to come into is the knowledge of the Son of God. That is the truth. Okay? Are we? Is it clear? This is the summary of the message. Okay. So, let me show you something here quickly. Let me show you something here. Um, John 14, 6, what did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth. So if Jesus says, I am the truth, and the scripture says, coming to the knowledge of the truth, it's specific. Oh, can we not learn how to bake uh, uh, Momo in church? No, 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 no. We can, but it will not bring you to the knowledge of the truth. That is how we unite ourselves as women of God. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Our unity of the faith should come from knowledge. We can do all of those things. You see, the truth of the matter is that if we keep changing the curriculum of the church, you know, God has given me a grace to raise millionaires. I don't, I don't doubt that grace. The challenge with that is any passage of Bible you open is money you will see. Because you want to fulfill that mandate. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, there is a specific knowledge. That is how God... You see, if the knowledge is not specific, God cannot judge all of us. Because God will not judge you for what you, you, were, you were not expected to know. And how does God judge people? Maturity. Let me show you something about Paul. Uh, Colossians. Just Colossians now. Let's, let's see something about Paul here. Right? Colossians 1, verse 28. Um, can we just read from verse... Uh, okay, let me read from verse 25. Let me show you something here. Of this church, verse 25, verse 25, of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefits. <laughs> oh boy, there's a lot to say here. Did you see that? Did you see that? Hey, did you see this? It says, I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for whose benefits? 
for your benefit. Does that explain Ephesians 4.11? That the grace was given to equip the saints. He said, whatever God gave me was for the saints. Okay. So that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. So he calls it the preaching of the word of God. Okay. Permit me, we'll close maybe like five minutes later or thereabouts. Because it's 9.15 now. Just need to finish this up. You know, carry out the preaching of the word of God. So follow this now. Verse 26. Um... That is, so can you merge the two verses together? If you can, just, I want you to follow me, right? So he calls the preaching of the word of God. Um, let's see if they can merge it. But if you read your verse, okay, thank you. Now let's read it. We need to buy an LED screen in this church next year. Okay? So we're going to make it a project. We need to have this thing big enough. So everybody, you have to be praying and preparing the dangerous seed for that. We need to buy that. <laughs> we need to buy it. So, I was made a minister according to the church. Uh, okay. So that, okay, so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. So when he says, please just follow me carefully, okay? When he says the preaching of the word of God, if he did not explain this, if Paul stood on the pulpit to preach, whatever he preached can be referred to as the word of God. Are we together? But Paul explained what the word of God is. Because he uses the word that is. So if I say to fully carry out the preaching of the word of God, that is, would that mean that I'm trying to explain what this preaching of the word of God is? Perfect. So that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God, that is the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints or revealed to his saints. Now, what is this mystery? Could it mean that this mystery that Paul is about to talk about is what the preaching of the word of God is? Yeah? Because his preaching is to reveal a mystery. But it says this mystery has been revealed to the saints. Yeah? And his preaching is revealing this mystery. So what's the mystery? Next verse. Right? To whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. The Gentiles now are the Jews. Which is... So he's defining what this mystery is. What will be the mystery? Christ in you. What? This is the gospel. That Christ now lives in you. That God is no longer living in temple made with hands. That Jesus now lives in you. So why do we come to church to understand this revelation? He says this was the mystery. Because God didn't live in anyone else. This is what has been hidden. This is what the angels are trying to understand. Now, but let's go. It says, we proclaim him. Go to verse 20, uh, verse 28. Thank you. We proclaim him. What do we proclaim? Him. Christ. The truth. Now, the word proclaim in the, in the, in the, in the Greek means to preach. I don't know if any translation used the word preach. Try NLT or NIV. I didn't check that up. Just try NIV first. Let's see. Uh, uses the word proclaim. Go to NLT. Let's see. So we tell others about Christ. 
So we tell. Okay, go back to New American Standard Bible. So we tell others. Right? We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that, so that we may do what? Hey, read that with me. So that we may do what? Present every man what? Every man what? Complete where? In Christ. What was the goal? Fullness of Christ. Um, King James Version. King James Version, Colossians 1.28. So that we may present every man what? Perfect in Christ. So the word perfect is mature. Tell us in the Greek. Ephesians 4.12. King James Version. Uh, 13. Okay, okay. This is where I went. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a word. Perfect man. So the word perfect man here is the word matured. That is what Paul now said in Colossians chapter 1 and says that we present every man to him what? Perfect or complete. Can you see how every minister should present the saints entrusted unto their care is what? Perfect. Not depending on them. Because if you're still depending on the preacher you have not yet matured. Do you see the goal? Uh, Colossians 1, 20, 28, NLT. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. So we tell others about Christ, warning every man and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given to us. We want to present them to God perfect in what? So remember... Christ is already in you. You are saved. Now, in your relationship to that Christ is where discipleship now comes in. Are you following this? That is why some churches have become mission fields. Because what they have established is daycare centers. Nobody gets matured. Huh? Am I saying this so that you will not believe in a man of God? Am I saying this? Is it that's also maturity? Because maturity should tell you that there are those separated into this office. This is their role. Now let me show you something very quickly. Um, okay, 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 okay. Let me show you this now. <laughs> Go to Acts 1 8. You should know what Acts 1 8 said. Alright? Go to Acts 1 8. But you will receive power. Okay? Give me a few minutes first. But you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, what will the power of the Holy Spirit do? What will it make you do? What was Jesus was Jesus saying this to only his disciples, only the apostles? Because in the upper room, we know that 120 were gathered, and there were only 12 apostles. So he was saying this to everybody, right? Okay, and you will be my what? Witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Okay, go back to NASB. Now we understand what is the primary purpose of the Holy Ghost coming on us? Primary purpose, please. Primary purpose, according to scriptures. Primary purpose witnesses. So I ask you a simple question When last did you witness? But what do we use the Holy Ghost for now? Talk to me. Do you realize that the term Holy Ghost fire is not found in scripture, it's found only once, and that place it was found, it was meant for Christians. 
Okay. Die by fire is not there at all. You know, that one is not there. It's Nigerian. Okay. So, the purpose of the Holy Ghost on your inside is to be a witness. Okay. Acts 8.1. God gave them this instruction. They didn't obey. Acts 8.1. Acts 8.1. Chapter 8, verse 1. Alright. Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. And on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered. All scattered would mean what? Everybody. Right? They were all what? Scattered. Are you following me? Okay. Throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the what? Apostles. Go to verse 2. Alright? So, they were scattered. Some devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentations over him. Now, what was the purpose of this scattering? It was the pop, they scattered so that the gospel could what? Could be preached. God says, go. This, they remained in Jerusalem. Persecution arose. Verse 4, please. Verse 4. Therefore, those who had been scattered, those who had been scattered would mean the all that were scattered, Right? Those who had been scattered went about doing what? They didn't say, ah, we have been scattered though. Apostles are in Jerusalem. Ha! How can we preach now? When Papa is in Jerusalem. No. They were trained enough that when they were scattered, they could preach. Remember, Acts chapter 2. After they were born again, what happened? They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. So by the time scattering came, what happened? They could preach the word. Not today you relocate and you forget your faith. Then you start writing nonsense on Facebook. I don't know why you people pray a lot in Africa. All the things you pray for, uh, they are there here. It's not prayer, it's good government. Shut up. It's the way they taught you to pray. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, because when, when, when some of us are exposed to a good life, we start, we start, we start becoming irrational with the Christian faith. Just last week, one of the greatest atheists in this world that, um, I have her name on my phone, I've, I wanted to talk about her, that has been promoting the new atheism movement, just accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And she wrote a book and talked about the fact that nothing gave her fulfillment than Christ. Let small constant power supply not touch your Christian faith. Because you just saw light 24 hours for one month now. You are not writing. I don't understand Christianity in Africa. Look at you. I don't even answer those people. It's because they were not well trained. It's lack of spiritual home training. Are you now saying that when this country gets developed, there's no need for church again? It's because, it's because of lack of proper training. You see, your desire should be that wherever you go, you spread the gospel. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? It has nothing to do whether you are rich or poor, is developed. No, no, no. They need the gospel. There is no evil in this world you will not find in developed countries. That's where people marry animals. You need more prayers. At least here we are still, we are still, we are still, we have not even started looking at animals yet. We are still, we see them now. It's not about marrying them. It's food we are seeing. We are not seeing people to marry. You see somebody just wear the dog. You say, I'm so satisfied. I just got married to my dog. You are saying that that place is okay. Yeah, you are not okay. They need the gospel. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? They need more of the gospel. 
So we, we see, and, and the reason is because we, we, we were raised in a gospel that prioritized our needs. That's why Jesus came. So when we go to a place where all our needs are met, it looks like Jesus becomes what? Irrelevant. And you know why the problem is? Because we were not raised in the knowledge of the Son. Because if Jesus came for only poor people, then salvation is not worth it. So when you stand before Dangote, what will you preach? Eh? Will you Dangote and I invite him to your church? What will you now say? Say, my God, we want to thank you. Just support us so that the work will move forward. Because when we see rich people, it's their money we see. Okay? <laughs> let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. And let me close here. In Acts chapter 6, right? There was crisis. Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 4, there was crisis. And they picked seven men. They were not deacons. Okay? We are the ones that impute that word deacons there. They were not called deacons. Seven men to serve tables. What was the tables? Just, just listen, because our time is already fast. But just listen, I'll tell you. What was, what, what was it about? The serving of tables. What was it? Talk to me about it. What was the serving of tables? Eh? Sharing of, sharing of food now. Eh? Be bold. It's correct. You know, when you say serve tables, it looks like a ministry. You know where we're called to serve tables. You know? They were called to share food, my sister. Share food. Eh? That's what they call these seven men for. To share food. Today, even if we call them Dickens, today Dickens sits behind pastor and be whispering what they should not whisper. Because you know when people don't have work, that's when gossip increases. Not be fighting over color of chair. <laughs> Acts chapter 8. Read for me. Acts chapter 8 and verse verse 5. Hmm? Acts chapter 8 verse 5. Please, quickly, quickly, quickly. Philip went down to the city of Samaria. This is Philip. Who was Philip? He was among those that were serving tables in the Jerusalem church in Acts chapter 6. He went to Samaria, the city of Samaria, and began proclaiming Christ to them. Go to verse 7. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. Verse 8, quickly. So there was much rejoicing in the city. One man who was serving tables just two chapters ago, went to one city and took the city over. One man. Remember in Jerusalem, he was not a preacher. Today, if a demon-possessed person comes, ushers will pin the person down and say, wait for man, go, go, go and come man of God. Go and come man of God. Go and come man, go and come man of God. You should be ashamed. <laughs> eh? Everything. Pastor, everything. You want to kill me? Say this one past my power. So whose power is it? <laughs> is it me now? I mean, so why, why should it pass your power? You've been wrongly taught. Because it's not by my own power that I get people saved. It's not by my own power that I get people delivered. It's faith in the name of Jesus. And if I have faith in the name of Jesus, and you are well trained, you should have faith in the name of Jesus. And when you see a demon possessed person, you cast them out. That's the testimony you should be sharing here. Praise the Lord. Yesterday I delivered seven demon possessed people. That's the testimony you should be hearing. Not that praise the Lord, I thank God for a miracle working God and I have my car. There are people who don't have miracle working gods who have better cars. Okay. Go to verse 14. Alright? Now I'm not. Go 
follow verse 14. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John. Do you understand this? They heard that, ah, Philip has turned Samaria upside down. They now said, ah, they now send the apostles there. They heard what someone who was serving food in church was doing. Persecution scattered them and the word of God spread. I ask you one simple question. If you were sent somewhere now, what would you do? So, you go abroad, the first thing in your mind is how many houses you can build. Poverty mindset again. Because you want to secure the future. Gospel, you have forgotten. Message, you don't know again. Prayer, you don't do again. If this church were to scatter and every one of us went somewhere, what are we going to hear? That you are no longer going to church. So you have found a convenient church that the whole service is one hour, eh, 15 minutes. We just praise a little, talk to the man upstairs a little and just hear something to just keep us, our mental health safe. And you are happy that at your age as a Christian, you cannot sit under a one hour sermon and concentrate fully. After 20 years of Christianity, you blank out after 15 minutes. Say the scriptures are too much. So what do you want to hear at this age? It will happen for you. I say it will happen for you. And you are not ashamed that as old as you are, you sit down and you are not taught the word of God. Like I said during the salvation training, there are terms in churches today that hmm, destiny helper, altars, fire for fire. We know all those terms. We know them well. If I ask you what is justification, you say, oh no, pastor, you didn't come to church today. Because you would think it's the name of a member of church that you should do follow-up. What is atonement? What is remission of sin? We have left biblical terms to now learn what the Bible did not say. And you know it. You know what? Sometimes it's a challenge. Because when you now start putting those things and your church is not growing, what will you do? Because everybody will think you are a failure. So what will you do? Start changing it. Because our concept of success is how much baby Christians we can gather. I pray, my prayer for you is that you will have a desire to grow in God. That's my prayer. That you will desire growth. That if God is looking for who to use to touch your city, he can find you. That if God is looking for an Ananias that will open the eyes of a soul, he can trust you to lay hands on the sick. And my desire for every one of you in this church is that through your hands, the blind will see, the lame will walk. Miracles will become a common occurrence in your life. In the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the life in your word. Thank you because of the goal that you have for every one of us. That we will work in maturity. We will grow in maturity. I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would cause these words to be engraved in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Are you blessed this morning? Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email 
info at pastormax.ng or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.